you know, it's completely different feeling when you when you on the river and you doing, you know, whatever you like. You can do dry fly, you can do the wet fly, you can do anything. When the competition is just completely, completely different thinking and different, different feeling. Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. On this week's episode, we're joined by Darius Simkus, who, despite only picking up a fly rod 15 years ago, within a short space of time, he was fishing for Ireland, winning national titles, and is the 2023 captain of the ITFFA Irish Rivers team. Darius tells us why competition fishing is so important to him, how he learned so much through self-belief and self-confidence, plus he has some useful tactics and tips for river fishing at this time of year. And Tom, talking to Darius really for the episode, it just reminded me a lot about us. We'd have a plan A, plan B, plan C, <laughs> think far ahead. Yeah, the, the similarities were frightening, frightening, Daryl. <laughs> you know, no, people might be surprised to think, you know, how much preparation goes I, into these. You know, you know? People would be very surprised to you know the amount of prepare, preparation that goes into this. You know, they really would be surprised. Yeah, just like ourselves. Wasn't it brilliant to, to you know, to, to hear him? I think that was fantastic when he talked about having it actually wasn't a bad day at a competition but as it transpired you know to him he thought it was a good day and then when the other results came in he found out that it wasn't a great day and his response to it i have to admire it and it's definitely um you know it's a competitive streak and like it, it, it darius shows it and he also mentions a lot about thinking about things and thinking over and how he brings that into competition fishing. And like, we've been through this before and you say it yourself. I mean, you know, we discussed the different paths that everybody went, but like, you know, it's, and I always say it's not everybody's cup of tea and that's fair enough, but you know, I enjoy it. Darius obviously enjoys it. You on the other hand. But what I've come to realize at times, I think we all have kind of certain things that we strive to be competitive in or, and then other things are just our, that's our downtime or our time off. Now yeah. some people maybe just take everything so seriously. Yeah, that's it. I do know some people who take everything. Yeah, they're generally people I don't go to the pub with. <laughs> well, they'll always be there before you anyway. Yeah, and they'll exactly. always take more than you. And they'll always be, you know. Like, because Darius only picked up a fly rod in 2008. And yeah, and he, but that thing, what he said was, how do I get better? How do I get better? Mm, you, you see, know? yeah. Yeah. A lot yep. to be admired in. Anyway. And, and you saw it there from what Darius was saying all the other types of methods that we've got that have just come through from competition fishing. Yeah. You know, yeah. talking about it there when he discusses Spanish nymphing, which was very interesting to hear about and his own method for high water, which I didn't know about. Yeah. You know, and this would have all stemmed from guys trying this out of competition fishing by fishing waters uh, or fishing uh, rivers where normally most people wouldn't fish them, but because the competition was on, they had to fish them. So, you know, it has its plus points. And interestingly, we get into um, how river anglers um, are so much better than lake anglers. Yeah, I, I've said it. It's much harder for a lake angler to, to go over to fish the river. Yeah. But, um, you know, let's say that. But let's hear from Darius now. <laughs> and I first asked him to tell us how he got into fly fishing and a bit about his own background uh, in Lithuania. I living in Ireland from 2004. I'm fishing from maybe when I was five years of age. Uh, probably started like everyone else, a warm end of load. Um, and then and then just just enjoy it. Every day was more relaxed and you know you, you tried to learn a lot of and um, the year 2004, I moved to Ireland. 
and I started fishing again, like course fishing, sea fishing and everything. And then in 2008, I moved to Galway and I try a fly fishing. The second I, I hold a fly fishing rod and I get my first fish, I just was excited. And after that day, I fishing for any species in Ireland on the fly. I fish in sea, I fish in lakes, I fish in rivers, I fishing in the carp lakes, everywhere. And then I tried to fish for the competitions and I don't know, I just love it. I love competition fishing. We'll get into that in a, in a bit more detail in a minute, Darius. Uh, I'm just interested, maybe just tell you, uh, where are you from? Is it Lithuania, is it? Yeah, originally from Lithuania, but living in Ireland from 2004. So tell me, what, what was the fishing like? What's the landscape like in Lithuania? Was it rivers, sea? Tell me a bit more about that. You see, we have a Baltic Sea and we have a few big rivers. Um, but the fly fishing probably starts not that long, long ago. Or maybe it was only a few people who fished fly fishing. Because, you know, like all the European countries, more like uh, coarse fishing, spinning, um, now these days, yeah, that even Lithuanian have a, their own uh, national fly fishing team, which one was only start maybe three, two years ago. And is it the rivers? Like, is it trout in the rivers there? Is yes, it- we have a trout. We have a sea trout. Uh, we have big salmon. We have chub. We have good few species. Um, which one you don't have in Ireland? So, so fly fishing is something that's relatively new, it's, but it's growing in popularity. Oh, yes, over it's growing, growing at the moment, yeah. What about sea trout? Is it fish for much, obviously, with the Baltic there? Sea oh, trout yeah. fish? Oh, yeah, people fishing for a sea trout as well on the fly and the spinning. And we have a few big rivers in, in, in Lithuania, you know. The, the reason why I'm asking so much, I'm always interested in, you know, the kind of next frontier or the next place because, you know, Slovenia was like a couple of years ago was like the, the place to go, wasn't it? Like, you know, in terms of European fly fishing and I'm going to Croatia this summer. I'll let you know how I get on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and obviously we know of the kind of Scandinavian countries, but you don't really hear much about, say, Lithuania, Latvia, you know, Estonia, those kind of countries in terms of flight. So there could be potential there, like in terms of exploring and finding out more if people are looking to maybe go down a less explored path yeah you see that's what i'm saying like it was only few people who start fly fishing in lithuania or latvia or other countries you know when you have a poland and another country sort of fly fishing is years years ago mm. same in, in ireland like if you if you look to the history is like 100 years ago interesting have you ever gone back home and fly fished now uh yes yeah <laughs> Um, actually, maybe 25 years ago, maybe more, um, I saw a two guys fishing in the river, my local river back in Lithuania, on the fly. And it was, you know, something, something special. And I always want to learn fly fishing, and I always want to catch fish on the fly. And uh, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you have to come to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to come to Ireland. Yeah, a few years ago, I was back in Lithuania and uh, we fished a few beautiful rivers in, um, in Lithuania. One of them is named Merkis and another one is Ekmena. Um, it's completely different, completely different rivers from Ireland or um, England or another one. In what way, Therese? They more grow 
like there's a lot of trees, uh, all, always challenging rivers. Right. If you know what I mean, like you don't have a, a little path with no trees. In Ireland, like if you fish the river north, you're always wide and, you know, you most of the place you can wade in and, and, and fish it. And uh, that little river at Manai was, it was trees. You have to get in between the branches, small shore casts, like more tactical fishing than, you know, pleasure fishing. Yeah. Sounds like you'd have to be fit to fish them. Oh yeah. You have to be fit. Yeah. Like, especially, especially if you're fishing competitions, you have to, you have to be fit. Um, like in Ireland, we have a, you know, the closed season from 31st of September. So basically you have to do the gym or have to do the, running or something like that to keep fit till the new season starts. The first time you picked up a fly rod was 2008. That's interesting, actually, because um, I, I only started fly fishing around then and our paths kind of went like that. For those without the benefit of, um, uh, should we say, visual aids, um, Dara put his two hands together and splayed them apart. Okay. <laughs> so Darius went competition fishing, fishing for Ireland, captaining Ireland. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> that's, that's where this, the two roads diverged in a wood. You must've been doing some fishing or else you're just very good. <laughs> no, actually I can tell you the story what happened. Um, I, I qualified for Connacht fish the nationals in the river Liffey. I can't remember the year now, but um, I came in at the stretch of the water and in three hours, I got maybe five fish. I was happy because, you know, first uh, first national competition and representing conduct, I was, I was happy. And then after the lunch, we have to go to the another bead or another spot. And in the, in, in the evening time after the competition, I find out the guy who fishing after me he got 25 fish. <laughs> and I couldn't understand how he got more fish than me. And something just told me in the head, I have to come back now in the same spot and come back and come back and come back when I'm going to get 25 fish from that stretch. And actually, I did it. I got 32. <laughs> Good man. Uh, Good man. Yeah. yeah. It took maybe one year, roughly one season, maybe one and a half season to kind of to kind of understand where the fish laying, to understand what time of the day they feed or what flies they take or what to do, the, where to start fishing. This, it takes time. That, where did that learning and that understanding come from? Like, were you seeking advice? Were you reading books? Or were you literally just putting time into the water going, right, that worked, that didn't work, this will um, work? It's a bit of both. Um, like it's very okay. like it's very good if you have a friend or someone who tell you or teach you or show you. For me, it was a YouTube, magazines, a few books. Because you know yourself, like the people don't really want to share information. Like if someone's spending five years to learn the things and they not really want to share. I usually say something like this around this stage, Darius. I go, I don't believe it. I don't believe <laughs> it. Somebody wouldn't tell you something. <laughs> no, you see, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of time you have to put it in. Like um, they do a lot of practice, practice, and practice. If I just ask you there, Darius, just prior to you getting into competition fishing, when you when you started the fly fishing, how did you 
did you teach yourself to cast or did you go to, you know, did you go with a friend that casted or did you go to a club or what did you do? I First, I watched a lot of videos. Right. I watched a lot of videos. I asked a good few people to show me and, you know, they said we can show you and everything, but you have to learn yourself. Right. So basically, the more time you're spending on the water, the faster you're going to learn. And then just, just you have to work hard and... and you know, a lot of people just give up. Well, you see, it's very interesting. It's your reaction there. And I notice this and transfers across to all sports. But your reaction to somebody, let's say, giving you a 25-5 beating was not to give up. But your reaction yeah. was, I it want is- to get more. I want to get 25. And then I want to get more than 25. And that's, that's in my way, in any sporting, in any, in any sporting ethos at all, that's how you improve. And that's how you should react, you know? You should learn yeah. from, you know, your defeats or whatever. Yeah, but you then don't give up. Like, you know, you, you, can, mm-hmm. you can't win all competitions, but you, have, you can try. Yeah. You know, but you have to put a lot of work. You have to practice. You have to try different, different things. You have to fish different weather, high river, low river. It no makes difference. On the competition, you have to catch the fish. That's it. But it, it really interesting as well as the competition angle to it. I've never fished competitions and I, I don't have interest. That's just, I'm too lax. You know, I'm just more relaxed about kind of my fly fishing. But you, like you said at the start, just competitions really appeal to you. That competitive nature. And I can see that in you then, obviously, because then when you are taking part in competitions, if you do want to get better, if you want to win, if you're competitive, you're going to go, right, I want to beat that 25 next year. So, but it's only by being in that competition scene, you get into that mindset, isn't it? How to explain it? Um, I see some people taking too serious and they just start thinking, oh, this man is better than me or this guy better than me. And then they upset themselves. Mm. It happens to me a few times. But I kind of start thinking, not give up. And I start thinking I'm good enough if I'm fishing in this competition, you know? So, so you have to kind of always think positive. Self-belief. Self-belief. Yes. And if you started, uh, if you picked up the fly rod in 2008, when did you start competition fishing? Uh, The first time I qualified for Ireland was 2012. Jeez, what could have been, Tom? What could have been for me? I tell you, you just, you just went on the wrong path, Tara. <laughs> the wrong path. <laughs> so were you fishing competitions like 2010? Like how soon uh, after? Yeah, I did it like a few local ones. But the first time uh, the first time I qualified was on the River Annalee in Cavan or Navan. Cavan, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that's my was first... First Irish Irish uh, a cup. Uh, I finished fifth, I think. So, but still, still qualified for Ireland. Uh, and that, and that was soon after, like only a couple of years after. Like that's some trajectory. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, you have to do a lot of practice. You have to spend the time. You have to spend the time on your own rivers. You have to spend the time on the the rivers when going to be qualifiers. You have to you have to work hard. And you have to have free time. You see, I had no no family or no kids that time. So I have a lot of free time and I can go fishing every weekend. 
when you have a small children and wife and work is kind of a little bit limited. Mm. Very true. Very true. Very true. Fair point. Because because you have to spend the time with the kids and then family and you know and you can't just stop fly fishing or stop do the competitions. What was the highlight for you, Darius, in terms of the competitions? What was the best best memory or best moment? You see, I always want to win All Ireland in the Taffy or All Ireland in the ITFFA. And actually, I did it. In 2015, I will All Ireland in North Ireland. And 2022, I win All Ireland in ITFFA. I was in the World Championships six times representing Ireland in ITFFA. I'm the captain next this year uh, of Irish uh, Fly Fishing Federation. We're going to uh, to the Wales. We came second and we came third in European Grayling Festival in the River Dee in, in Wales. So a lot of good, a lot of good moments. I, I think probably for you to wish to win the national championship, it must have been sweet to have won the first one in 2015. You said. That oh, was yeah, that's yeah. that's the that big that's that's the big win. Like you know, when you yeah. have sixty, maybe more people, best anglers from Ireland, and you make a plan and you stuck to the plan, and then at the end of the day, you you know, you can see you did everything what you can, and that's the result. What was the world? What's it like fishing in the uh, the worlds? Um, must be very intense. You know, like you see the quality of the anglers, like from you know. European countries. It must be some learning experience at the same time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, um, like for example, in in, in Ireland, you have uh, 50, 60 best anglers in Ireland. I was in 2017 in Slovakia, and it was I think so 150, 20, 25 uh, countries, and I was fishing against the best, like the the world champions and. You know, this is amazing. And everyone is friendly. Everyone talks to you. Everyone, after the competition, sharing with you information and then showing you setups and everything. You know, I, I was like, what, two weeks, two weeks in, uh, in that World Championships. And I came back. I was all my last couple of years of practicing. It was completely changed. Mm. Really? I, learned, I learned a lot in them. Couple couple weeks in, in in the world championships, with you know talking with the with the anglers from all over the world, like you know. In a lot of respects, uh, it's it's fishing gym, but not as we know it. It's it's completely different. Like we talked mentioned there about you have to be fit. You do have to be fit for a world championship. You know, if for a lot of sections that you could be on, you have to be able to um, be physically able to get back to your. Um, you know, if there is a lot of fish to be caught in a river, that's where it really comes in, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, you have, you have to be fit. Like, imagine, imagine yourself, Tom. Now, um, um, you're fishing three hour session, yeah, yeah, and you like it was one of the checks. Uh, in three hours, you got 52 fish, so you can do the maths. You have to run, run, run to the controller, measure your fish, sign with the carrot, and come back fishing again. Yeah. So basically, you get you have to be like every two, three minutes. Yeah. So basically, he was probably catching a fish every three to two to three at most four minutes. Yeah. That was probably the longest gap. 
Yeah. So yeah. imagine three hours nonstop. Yeah. But even aside from the physical, Darius is I know from chatting to other lads about it is is the mental because you have to be so tuned in for every second that you're on that water. You know, oh, yeah. just like I, I I even think three three hours of that mental concentration, mental focus must be just exhausting as well. Yeah, you have to see like I always walk my stretch. Like before the competition, you have a draw and you have your peg number and whatever where you're gonna start. So I always walk and look. I read the water. I make a plan in the head where I'm gonna start, where I'm gonna finish, what I'm gonna do. And you just go and do it. I know sometimes the plan don't works, and some people just get you know lost and they don't know what to do next. That's why the, comp- the, the, the competition fishing is a little bit different. You always have to think what you're going to next. If you can catch the fish on one method, you have to switch. So you have to kind of always be plan B. Or to, use know, a wor- to use a word you've used quite a lot already, Darius, you always have to be thinking. Yeah, you have to always thinking and, you know, because it's a competition, every minute counts and every fish counts and one fish can make big difference. Like when you first started fishing the worlds um, and you were saying you, you learned so much in those two weeks, say, but is it more that you were learning small things that the gap wasn't, you know, so big, but it was just that the gap was the little things, was it? Or when I start fly fishing or nymphing or different different uh, techniques, I learned myself. So I was not sure I'm doing right or I'm doing wrong or what's going on. When I came back from world championships, basically when I had the questions what I'm doing wrong, I got answers on that. Right. So basically what was if I catching the fish, that's mean I doing something right. Mm. So it is, it is, you know yourself, Tom, um, when you go fishing in the Carib or at any lake, you keep like you have to understand what flies hatching, where fish are, what weather conditions, all this. And you can spend it a lot of time drifting the same place, and you're gonna get no fish. Mm. But then you come back another day, you're going to do exactly the same and you're going to get five, six, maybe 10 fish. Yeah. But it's, it's knowing when to do that and when to do it right or knowing when not to do that drift. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So, so I know, you know. It's a, yeah, it sounds very simple, but, you know, this, what we're saying about thinking, you know, sometimes you only have to think about the simple things. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know? but come here, it's very interesting. We're just on there. But I, I know as well from you, Darius, you still do a fair bit of pleasure fishing, though. Yes, I do. Um, do. I, I love I love fishing the lakes. Yeah. I love fishing the Carib. I love fishing La Plaine. Ah, any lake. Mm. Did you, you know, find it hard? Do you find it hard to do the switch over from rivers to lakes? I mean, we often have this: what's harder? Is it harder for a river man to switch to? A lake, or is it harder for a lake man to switch to a river? Can I just say, I obviously think it's harder for a lake man to switch to a river. Yes, I, I agree with you, Tom, on oh, that point. Thank you, Darius. <laughs> <laughs> you see, uh, the river angler can't take his 
whatever five way rod and go in the and the boat and fish it. Mm. When these new days, like on the river for nymphing or dry fly fishing, we're using two weight, one weight, zero weight, yeah, eleven foot rods, fine tippet, zero zero eight millimeter diameter. You know, is is more more complicated, and you fishing in the lake. Is I think is much easier. You're just sitting in the drifting boat and, and you're just fishing, casting, and enjoying. But it's not yeah. true. You know yourself, Tom, if you're in the competition mode, you have to do the homework. You have to put the time in it and you have to know what to do. Well, from what you're saying, though, Darius, and I strongly agree with you, you're saying river anglers are much better. Is that what you're basically saying? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that the, the river anglers is better. Like, but I'm, I'm saying. Well, 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 I don't know. Are <laughs> <laughs> you um, detecting undertones here? <laughs> You're being outnumbered now, uh, Tom. Um, two to one. I'm, 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 I'm in a corner here, but I'm going to fight my way. Oh, okay, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I think the river, river uh, competitor anglers is more complicated. Mm. You know, we always have like three rods set up different methods and, you know, carrying them a lot of flies and then you have to have a way there's nets, you know, is and is more complicated when, you know, you're fishing the lakes is you have more kind of enjoyable fishing. I could be wrong. You see, I not have that much experience in the lakes like you, Tom, or somebody else. But every day, I can go any day in the Carib. I fish all day, catch nothing, that I'm going to be happy. You're right about it not being complicated. Like any fishing I do, it's all work like fishing I do, and I don't do anything else. So there's nothing else to be. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Cast cast and hope, and that's it. What should she say? How lucky was that? Yeah, very lucky, yeah. But sure, look, geez, I, I I don't know what happened. He just happened to be there. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do see it. Like, I have a classic example. I, I used to do a bit of river uh, fishing, competition fishing. Um, I actually did qualify for Irish teams off the river. But uh, I I have, hadn't done it for oh, 15 years, and I had a box of weighted nymphs once, and I forget who I met, but there are some, and I can't think of some, it's a competition guy who's fishes competitions now in the present, right? And I just happened to have the box. I said, oh yeah, here's my stuff. And I opened the box and he looked and he went, we've moved on a bit since then. <laughs> <laughs> I felt, oh yeah, all right, okay. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, can I ask you this though, Tom and Darius, is, and again, my complete ignorance, so <laughs> please bear with me, but is there a lot more evolution and developments and innovations you see in river um, competition fishing compared oh, to yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But would you not say that that has come down mainly on account of nymphing? We'll call it your, for your nymphing or, or lobbing, but we'll call it your <laughs> nymphing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, really, it is that. But the prior to you had the nymphing, really, it, it was almost like lock fishing. You had upstream dries, you down across wet, and you had upstream nymphing. And they were the three methods you really have. But when the high stick nymphing came in, that suddenly opened up all these technicalities, no? Yes, but you see, the nymphing is it, like most of the fish food is on the water. Mm. So, you know, like, well, I, I, 
I, I can't tell you exactly what the numbers are, but there's like good percentage of the fish food is a nymph. Mm, yeah. You see, all these, all these methods, like European nymphing or French nymphing, Spanish nymphing, that's come from the Europe. Like, you know, that's the best countries on fly fishing. So, you know, the more time you qualify and you go to the world championships or European championships, you see different countries, different techniques. And then you come back to Ireland and you can adjust or use something similar. It is fascinating. I've always fascinated how different styles have developed in different countries because of conditions, you know, because, you know, it was how, how difficult it was for anglers to catch these fish in the rivers and they had to develop methods to actually do it. And I find that fascinating how each of them had their own kind of traits. And obviously it's all crossing over now into one general term of your own nymphing. Yeah. But can I ask you, Darius, what's your favorite method um, for catching trout? <laughs> Dry fly. <laughs> oh. Okay, and can I ask you another question? So, because we just mentioned percentages there in competition fishing, mm. uh, let's say over the last year, how many? Uh, what was the percentage of fish that you measured on dry fly? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly, it doesn't have to be exact. Seriously, this is a gen- no. I'm genuinely asking, just a guesstimate on how many you think you might have caught on dries. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to catch fish, <laughs> is there any particular style of nymphing that you, um, you prefer? Just straight, uh, like Spanish nymphing, or you can call Euro nymphing. What, what, is, yeah, what is Spanish nymphing? So like, describe the Spanish nymphing setup and a rig and how you fish it to us. Spanish nymphing rig is just simple, just one same diameter line going from your nymphing line. So basically you're using much, much lighter mono line. Um, so you have better control, better feeling. So we just, if you don't fish in competitions and you want to use the Spanish style nymphing rig, you just get... 0.18 millimeters maximal line. Then you add your sighter, same diameter, 0.18 millimeters. Then you have a, a, a micro ring or a tiny perfection loop. Then you add your tip at two flies, and that's it. Come here. Are you have you any fly line out at all? You see, uh, if you're fishing the competitions as a rules. So all your uh, nymphing leader has to be not longer than twice of the rod right. from, okay. the fl- from the fly line to the bottom of the fly. Right. So if you're fishing for 11-foot nymphing rod, that means your leader has to be 22 foot, no longer. No longer than 22 foot. No mm. If you're fishing for a pleasure, you can have 5 meters or 10 yeah. meters if you like. You know, Some people not even using the fly line, they just filling up the reel with uh, mono. And just fishing away. Yeah, there's in, in a lot of it, there's actually no need for flying. No need, no. Yeah. Like, I learn everything myself. So what I understand is you have to find the, the way or the feel, the feel the thing when you're fishing the nymphs in right depth. I was watching good few people fishing in the rivers and everything, and you ask them how you, what you're doing or whatever it is, and we nymphing. And you're watching them and they're just casting upstream and letting down and casting. And you're going to get one or two fish. But you have to understand when you throw in your nymphs 
and you have to understand what where they are in the water columns are they too deep or they too too shallow or you have to kind of hold it or you have to you see it's very hard to explain this so you have to learn yourself and understand that some people casting five casts and they every time they hit in the bottom that's mean you're fishing too heavy so you have to change your flies you have to kind of find the way when the flies are longer in the feeding zone. So that's very important in the competitions. The less time you're spending on making the mistakes to get the more fish. The more time, the more time that you have a chance of catching fish. Yeah. yeah. What about it for you, Tom, when you were fishing the rivers? Did you like the nymphing, Tom? Yeah, I didn't mind it. But to be honest, what always drew it? No, I'll tell you what. Yeah, no, what drew me to rivers first was dry fly fishing. Ah, okay. Right. And yet, and here's the thing. I actually, as you know, like I love nymphing on the lake, right? I love buzzer fishing. I love nymph fishing. I couldn't spend enough time on the rivers and didn't have, probably I, I say didn't have the rivers around me to, to practice on, to get good at it. And I was, we, we mentioned earlier on, I don't know, was it just before we get on, but about confidence or whether we said it. And, and that was my big problem, nymphing. And, and, and Darius, you just touched on it there. You said you have to have your flies in the area where the fish were. And a lot of the time when I was nymphing, I didn't have the confidence to believe that I was fishing them 100% right. And I think I would have had to spend more time on it to got better at it. I liked it when it worked for me. Of course it did. You like any method when it works here, right? But when I when it wasn't working for me, I, I started having doubts about it, right? And once you have doubts about it, it's never good, never good. Not in competition fishing anyway. Yeah, doubts about the method, was it, Tom? Yeah, doubts about whether I was doing it right, whether my setup was right, mm. or, or my, you know, are my, if I wasn't catching bottom, you know, should I put on, should I put on heavier nibs? And the next thing I'd catch the bottom and i go, and then that would throw me. I it, Basically, I, I, I lacked confidence in it. And I lacked confidence in it because I didn't do it often enough. Yeah, I mean, if I could do it more, I'd love it. Still, like Darius said there, I mean, what drew me to river fishing, there's still nothing to beat. Passing upstream, watching your fly coming down, just over the spot where you've seen the fish move. <laughs> and the next thing, yeah, yeah, that's what drew me to river fishing. Uh, and Darius, where do you, where, where's some of the favorite spots you like to fish in Ireland? Rivers and lakes? River Moor, River Shore, Carib, Loch Lane, Blackwater and Mallow. River Fane, like, I, honestly, I like any river or any lake because the more time you're spending on different rivers, you'll, you'll get the more skills, you get learning because every river is totally different, the fish feeding differently. So, you know, you're getting experience as well. Now, of course, you're meeting the new friends, new people. New experiences, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Darius, you might just, obviously, the last few weeks have been horrendous in terms of the rain and river height and the water levels. Um, any tips for people in terms of those kind of conditions, in terms of how they needed, or should be approaching these um, kind of conditions? Just stay safe, first of all. Like, you know, the, <laughs> Good one, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, if the river is too high, you know, and and too risky, like it's, it's not worth it. Just better wait when the waters be, you know, in safe order, and and then try go fish it. 
for door for door to water, like uh, I'd say, some people gonna do streamer fishing or wet fly fishing. I kind of go different way. I be fishing euro-nymphing with streamer and the nymph. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so you how, that way, how, how do you, keep in mind asking, how do you rig that up? What, what's first? What's the, what's the point fly? <sighs> A jig streamer. Right. So you tie up your streamer on the jig hook. Yeah. Like four, four millimeter beer, marabou tail, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever streamer you you use it summertime or, or autumn time or whatever. And then you just tie it up another one on the top dropper, like a wet fly or another nymph, bigger nymph. And you're fishing like nymph fishing. You're casting upstream, you're letting down, and you're jigging the rod and let it swing. And most of the times on the swing, you, you're getting the fish. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it, sounds, it sounds a good method. Yeah. And are you targeting then just because the high water kind of close into the bank, really? Because it's hard to get very far. Yeah, out. you can. Yeah, you can be like, uh, you see, if you're not able to wade in in the river, yeah, stay in the bank and just try to look for the places where is a little bit shelter from the main current, like behind the rocks, uh, little grooves, you know, in the bank where the water kind of slowing down. Because like the fish not gonna stay in the main main current. They're not gonna fight, you know, especially in the springtime. They have to kind of stay stay somewhere where they have shelter. And would you still like? Obviously, people talk a lot about streamers, and I suppose you're kind of hedging your bets in that respect with that rig. Is it that you've got the streamer on, so you're hoping they'll pick that? But then, do you find they'll also take the nymph a lot of the time? Oh as yeah, well? sometimes yeah, sometimes the fish taking the nymphs, like because in the flood there's a lot of a lot of food coming in, like worms and then the bigger insects, and mm. you know, it's not only the little leeches or something like that and mm. um, sometimes when there's a flood i even fishing only two nymphs but i'm normally like if i fish size 12 or size 14 i tied it up a big fly maybe size 8 or size 10 mm. and you're still getting the fish like 10 15 centimeters right you know try try kind of try use the darker colors because if the water is, is colored, the black stands up better. Mm. Um, always using the black streamer with the orange or, or, or chartreuse or, or silver head. The little kind of a hitting point or attracting point. Darius, what's your typical setup when you're going say, to your local river? Um, nymphing, like, do you use like zero or a one or a two? What's your... Your go-to setup. Like, you see, if you if you're fishing the river and you know there's very rare chance to get a big fish, you 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 try fish the lowest possible, or I can say the amateur you feel comfortable. So if you feel comfortable, fish it with zero point fourteen. You can go fish it for zero point fourteen. You see. When I'm fishing the competitions like a river nor or river shore or another river, my start point is like 0 0.10. If I stop catching the fish or you can see, you know, the fish taking differently, you can go even lower, 0 0.08 or even 0 0.07. 
But then there's a problem. You can't force the fish, so you have to be gentle. Your rods has to be soft. You have to you have to play fish differently. You see, is again fluorocarb or monofilament. What methods you using? Are you fishing dry fly or you nymphing or you wet fly fishing? All these little things comes, you know. Actually, just want to ask you there, Darius, when you say, let's say you're on 0 0.007, you have to play a fish differently without giving, like, what do you, is it that you just play them softer? Is it basically that you yeah, just. Yeah, you're just trying to hold them. Like, if he wants to go this way, you let him go this way, you know? Um, yeah. Like the little sample last year in the National Thomastown competition in Kilkenny, I hooked the fish on 0 0.10. Right. And I thought it was a salmon because I, I couldn't stop him. It was just going this way. So the salmon not counts in that competition. Yeah. So if you catch the salmon, you're just wasting your time by the time you're going to land it and everything on the light tackle. Or in that river is a few rainbow trout, which one escapes from the fishery. Mm. So I knew it was a big fish. And I said to myself, I want to see that fish is a salmon. If it's going to be salmon, I'm just going to snap the, snap the line and go back fishing. And I bring it in and I saw the, a pink color gills. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand is a, is a rainbow trout. And mm. so it took me 15 minutes, maybe 12 minutes to land it. And it was 58 centimeters right. on 0 yeah. 0.10 uh, size 18 turtigan. Right. Size 18 Pertigon on 0 0.010. Yeah. 58 centimeter fish. And I have it here from for tomorrow's phosphorus competition here. Uh, 58 centimeter on the list we're using tomorrow will be given 4.706 pounds. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, so, that's this, the rainbow. So that's, you're talking a fish that was in around five pounds. Could have been in around five pounds. Yeah. Why did you take so long with them? What the hell is with you? For God's sake, you shouldn't have brought that fish in, man. <laughs> Darius, come here, tell us. You've caught plenty of fish, plenty of memorable places, uh, plenty of memorable moments, but is there one fish that stands out for your most memorable fish on the fly? Corib? Yeah. <laughs> now you're no, talking. Honestly, honestly, Corib, yeah. Uh, so after all this river talk, it was still the lake that did it for you. Go on. I say it's not about the lake or river. It's about <laughs> about the uh, about the uh, about the way the fish took the fly and what happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, is a a few years ago I was fishing the local competition, and I got a boatman, which one I know a couple of years, and it, you always have a good crack. You know, fishing away, chatting away, laughing together, having the lunch in the bank. You know, Tom, that feeling, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the fishing was very hard. There was no wind, sunshine, flat camp. So all day we saw maybe two or three fish. And then, and then we moved closer to the birch hull, across, uh, another side of the Molly's Rock. You yeah, know, yeah. that, yeah, that nice, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we drifting away. It was like maybe... 30 minutes left to the, to the time to go back to the pier. 
and we fish and dries and then and chatting away and I cast her out my line and I looked at my boatman and I said imagine now the big fish gonna come up now open his mouth gonna take my fly and I'm gonna get him and he started laughing he said stop dreaming and then this and that <laughs> five seconds later I see the big mouth comes out from the water taking the fly and disappears Couple of seconds, I just freeze and I like, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> and I lift the rod, and it was a fish. Like I thought, it's like a ten pounder or seven pounder, you know. <laughs> and it took me maybe twenty minutes to land it. And uh, and the guy said, you you better hurry up because if you're gonna spend it no more five minutes, we're gonna late to come back in the pier. Right. So I just landed that fish in the net and we came back to the pier. And that day actually was good few fish caught, nice fish, like three and a half, uh, up to the four pounds or, you know? Yeah. And uh, I came second with one fish. It was the heaviest fish yeah. of the day. Like. So I was, well, I was delighted. It was over four pound weight, like, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So on a dry fly. On the dry fly and the dry yeah. sedge. But the take was the take was amazing. Like, like you know, like in New Zealand, Tom, the big fish come up, you can see his, his jaws and just takes the fly and goes down. It was oh, it was crazy. And you know what I take from that, Darius, is comes back to what you said at the start, self-belief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. You said, you know what? Yeah. The fish is gonna you believed it. Yeah, but it was it was funny. Like I couldn't believe it. Like you know, it's <laughs> it's different, different feeling. Like I, I I loved like competition is a different. You know, you have to sometimes just take a break from the competitions and just do the pleasure fishing. Just mm. just clear your mind. You know, for the routine and all the tactic thinking and all this. Like I love dry fly fishing. You know, Tom, yourself in the evening time, you go on the river. And you're sitting down, sitting yeah, down, yeah, and you're yeah, waiting yeah. for that one yeah. rise. And you never know, like, it could be a 20 centimeters fish, or it could be 70, 80. I, I suppose the, the pleasure fishing, it reminds you why you fish in the first place, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's a completely different feeling when you when you on the river and you're doing, you know, whatever you like. You can do dry fly, you can do the wet fly, you can do anything when the competition is just completely completely different thinking and different different feeling well Darius tight lines uh, for the season some really interesting insights there as well in terms of kind of maybe approaching the rivers and tactics uh, we might catch up with you again later in the season um, get some more insights and tips from you and, and find out how uh, the season is going for you but Darius thank you very much for joining us thanks for having me tight lines my thanks to Darius for joining on the show. And don't forget to rate, review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Plus, you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram. And myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. <laughs>